Welcome back to Talking Burritos. I'm Jonathan. This and is... I am your host, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I am Sam, your host, the greatest host that there ever was. Should we start this over? <laughs> no. Okay. Why would we? Welcome back to Talking Burritos. We love you all. Ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said in the beginning, you monster. <laughs> in case you don't know, I always edit that part out. Well, usually. <laughs> but it's always easy to edit when it's at the end. Today's topic is on unusual research topics. Mm. Have you ever heard of a scientific study... That was so crazy. And so weird and, and, like, useless that why is anybody devoting any money to this project? Yeah, and how does it, like, get started? <laughs> and shouldn't they be all curing cancer? <laughs> yeah. You think the one, they'd be working on something that would benefit society. There is a reason for all this, I found. in is my there? In my own research on ridiculously unusual research Oh, in case topics. you guys are wondering, we are PhD philosophers, scientists, and educated in every way needed to talk about this. Which means we have high school diplomas. <laughs> <laughs> but, that doesn't mean we can't have an opinion on this. <laughs> True that, Holmes. Anyway, so, um, one of the things that we heard in previous years was the study of plants and how they can feel pain. Plants. And my first initial thought was, who's torturing innocent plants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like someone was just mowing their lawn. They're like, oh, wait, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> they're, out, they're having some kind of existential crisis in the, in yeah, the corner. Yeah, they're like, man, I feel so painful today. I wonder how other things feel. You're like, oh. mowing your lawn. You're like, No. <laughs> I wonder if that guy who came up or came up with the study and learned about everything that they could feel pain, I wonder how he treats plants now. <laughs> he is now a druid. <laughs> uh, let's see. So there's there's that. There's also um, subjects like the velocity and distance which a penguin can crap. Huh. <laughs> can poop. <laughs> Why would you need that? They apparently have a graph where they, uh, and an image and diagram and all that stuff, where they calculated the trajectory, the velocity, the path that the poop takes out of the penguin, <laughs> you think that and how far be, it could go. <laughs> you think that would just be random? It does seem pretty random. <laughs> um... What, what what benefit would that be exactly. to anyone? Just why? <laughs> and what about the other animals? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know zebras and oxes. <laughs> Let's see, which ones take really big dumps? Uh, <laughs> cows, elephants, dinosaurs. <laughs> there we go, dinosaurs. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure people would get behind that. <laughs> At least, the, uh, I'm not directly behind it because of the dumps. <laughs> People uh, would want to know. But there's lots of unusual topics that that really don't seem like they have a place in science. Really should be world. defunded. <laughs> <laughs> they owe money for doing this kind of research. Yeah. And in some cases they actually do do that. Defund them? Yep. Or well, they say like you spent our money on the wrong thing, so you owe us money. But they're like, "No, we we learned so much about their poop and it's related." <laughs> And it's, it's so useful for society now. Yeah. Uh, here's the diagram. <laughs> By what the way, in the world? They actually calculated it for the penguin. <laughs> uh, but we can't show that onto a, on a podcast. So <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, man. Ducks can be homosexual necrophiliacs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. In case you're not aware... <laughs> Ducks are necrophiliacs. <laughs> they can be or they are? They are. Okay. Because <laughs> they, like, they could be, it's like, oh, they, I guess anything could be anything. They also solely reproduce by gang rape. Nice. So, <laughs> one, of the use, one of the useless tidbits of information I, I picked up in my life <laughs> next to the, the, uh, 
the powerhouse of a cell and all that junk. <laughs> yep. What were you saying? Oh, the the gang rape thing. I wonder if some guy's just like, no, gang rape's okay. See, it's uh, it's in nature. I'll find it. And he, like, observed everything until he could find proof that it was okay in nature. And he's like, yep, it's okay for me too then. <laughs> what animal would do that? Oh, ducks and geese, I guess, are pretty abusive. <laughs> you know how you, you have an argument and then you know you're wrong, but you don't want to quit on it, so you defend it. You go so far into the until hole you die. that you, you dig a hole so deep and you're, you're just like, oh, but I did find this thing that sort of not. helps me. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Suicide rates are linked to the amount of country music played on the radio. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think I can back that. <laughs> Wait, so that means the more country music, the more suicides? Yes. Or the less, the more suicide? <laughs> the the more uh, country music is played, the more suicides, the more depression. Well, yeah, country music. Which I... makes sense. That seems to... The, the, the depressing topics they talk about are usually the bulk of country music in the first place. Yeah, I was about to say country and rap are both... They both have the exact same topics done in completely different ways. It's all about women, money, their lifestyle, and then love. And it's all tragedy because no one's like, My life is perfect. My life is great. Show me the money and I'll show you my cake. cake. <laughs> That's the best rap you've ever heard. Print it, sell it, put on a t-shirt. You heard it here first on Talking Burritos. We sing too. <laughs> That's right. We rap. Um, yeah, uh, but rap is, tends to lean towards anger in, in, uh, instilling anger into people, generally, and, like, this kind of, like, lull of depression where you don't care anymore, while as country music, like, even their guitars and stuff, they have that unique signature sound that kind of emulates, like, crying or a violin, in a sense. If you've ever listened to country music, you know what I'm talking about. I think it's more like, yeah, you're right. The stringed instruments mm-hmm. makes it soothing and can be deeper. But with rap, it's like beats and no one gets soothed by beats. You get energized, you get pumped or whatever. Yeah, so it's like the depressed, I'm going to die alone guy in, in the in the room versus the depressed, I'm going to shoot up a place <laughs> section of rap. <laughs> Or suicide, sure. yeah. as you've seen. <laughs> so, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but, you know, whatever. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Talking burritos. Um, let's see. Dog fleas can jump higher than cat fleas. Nice. That is so interesting. If you didn't want to <laughs> segregate more. <laughs> now we got to figure out if dogs are better than cats. In the flea department. If you wanted to be prejudiced in a way that you didn't think would be offensive, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like What could you learn from that? <laughs> <laughs> at, at the end of this video, I will give a reason for why this is all happening. But, because there is some sense to it, but... Is there... To, in general, not the flea thing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's out there measuring flea height. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, there, there's an apparent reason for this unnecessary research. Um, let's see here. The ovulatory cycle effects on tip earnings by lap dancers. Basically, if you are on your period, you are more likely to get more earnings, more tips. If you are a lap dancer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm sure if, if I were to make a guess, thing? if I was to guess, yeah, it would be like a pheromone uh, thing. I mean, we are still animals. <laughs> but. No, we're not. Yeah, we, we, still, we still do have those little senses that. That. Well, maybe you it's know, just they're have. more <laughs> emotional. I don't know. I would maybe maybe I'd tip a girl who is more emotional if she's angry at me. <laughs> Get away here. <laughs> Take my buddy, go. <laughs> just start a <laughs> or maybe they're just start more a club where people yell at you. The, no, I don't know. 
<laughs> Start a club where people yell at you all day. Just like, dang it, go! <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Who would fund that? This one's a doozy. Rats can't always tell the difference between Japanese spoken backwards and Dutch spoken backwards. But then again, what human <laughs> could... Could tell the difference? I think I well, could. I, I, Dutch and Japanese. It, it, that, backwards. If the words are spoken backwards. Did they, are they speaking it backwards or are they playing it backwards through a tape? Because speaking that's different. Because if I heard a According Japanese... This, it says speaking. If I so. heard Japanese and Dutch, I think I could tell the difference. And if I heard them saying it backwards, I think I could still tell the difference. But I don't know. If you're Have playing you it on like heard? a tape or something, that's a completely different sound going backwards on a tape versus speaking it. I don't think you've heard Dutch language. That, I've heard Dutch. Because it's pretty crazy going forward. Flipping it backwards, it's just mad. No, the study's mad. You can extract you can extract vanilla flavoring from cow dung. Hmm. In an effort to stem the vanilla crisis, someone was thinking. <laughs> someone was thinking we ran out of vanilla flavoring. We need to um, find other sources of it. Let's start with cow crap. I think no. I think we just we're done with vanilla. We don't need it. We have plenty of other flavors. Let's just move on. Uh, I don't think you realize just, just how much vanilla plays a part on. in flavoring. No, we can get around it. We if can... you were get, if you were to take vanilla out of the equation of all the things on Earth, you'd probably lose all ice cream. That's fine. Short of like popsicles. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, we can cakes just move and stuff. on. <laughs> we don't need it. You say that now, but no more pancakes. <laughs> That's fine. I can live without. I can. You can still eat pancakes. They just won't taste well. Good. Yeah, but they already don't taste good. So I'll just eat them anyway. Uh, let's see. Woodpepper, woodpeckers, woodpeckers don't get headaches. Are these all animal related? Uh, no, but they are some of the more weird ones, and yeah, they are weird. So wood involve <laughs> these things. Everything animal related is weird, and you said we're animals, so. <laughs> yep. Uh, I could answer this one though. The woodpecker has a cushion at the front of his brain that prevents it from. Um, getting hurt from the the con- the concussive force as it pecks at a tree. <laughs> so, I Wait. know that one. It's still useless info to me, anyway. <laughs> you think it? They mean headaches when they hit something, or headaches just like we do randomly when we're sick, it or were, when it, we're oh, uh, from concussive okay. force. So because that you think they when they're pecking. specify that because. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure people would guess it's from hitting trees or wood, but... Uh, malaria mosquitoes are as attracted to Limburger cheese as they are a human foot odor. Makes sense to me, because mosquitoes Limburger... Mosquitoes are attracted to feet odor? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's that's fine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got their I, fetish. In this, ca- well, in this case, this is kind of useful... To me, because mosquitoes... <laughs> I, I want to avoid mosquitoes in any way possible, so knowing what they like is a part of getting away from them. Um, but why Limburger cheese and feet in particular? Do people normally get bitten on their feet by mosquitoes? I don't think I've ever been bitten on my feet. I have not either. I don't think I've ever been bitten It's always my arms or my back or something. I think it's arms and legs are the main targets. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess... Who's rough? I mean, maybe after that cheese phase. Have you seen the cheese phase where people are like, they grab a square of cheese and they just throw it on someone's face in a video? Oh, I think I did. What was that? People were doing that for no reason. It was just a thing that went around. But I wonder if, like, that study came up because of that. <laughs> or how old is this? Who knows? Uh, 2006. Oh, so, so it's been a while. Probably not, but <laughs> now people know they're going to get mosquitoes on their face because there's cheese there. Or something like that. Reword that so it made sense. Okay? <laughs> you do that, audience, for us. Uh, well, Limburger does smell like feet. It is a... 
It's a very stinky cheese. <laughs> oh, boy. You got anything? Oh, yeah. There's one study that showed that the more you pay someone for doing a menial task, the less he or she will enjoy it. Which seems uh, crazy. That seems to me like uh, like there's factors that are not being brought up. Like, for example, um, there was a study that showed that or an implied study that showed that people who had horses were healthier and lived better and stuff. And the horses, like, they, they, they proposed the idea, the, the research topic, as if if you have a horse, you live longer, you're healthier. But nowadays, if you're a person who owns a horse, you're probably rich, can afford health care. Uh, if you have a horse, you're probably active with it. <laughs> yeah, you... So you have to it's take not it out the horses. Well, I mean, it's sort of the horses. It's like having a pet. Know. People who have pets, they have emotional connection, which keeps them going. Because, you know, spouses that have, or people that have their spouses die, usually die within five years of that because they're lonely. They die of just depression and other things. But usually die after having an emotional connection with something. Also, yes, being active because you have to feed it, you have to walk it, or else they die. And you don't, you don't want that. There's also a study showing that most people would give their animals medication more than themselves mm -hmm. because they care about their animals more than they care about themselves. Another dark one, but there's but, that. But that's but that's what I'm talking about. It's a, it seems like this topic you just mentioned was like implying that um, having more that making more money from off of a job makes you makes you sadder. But I think it's just that if you have if you're uh, like there's other factors that are not being stated um, that contribute to that uh, research topic. So say it again. Uh, the more you pay someone for doing a menial task, the less he or she will enjoy it. I mean, so it's like did, uh, does it say what jobs they're talking about? Menial tasks. It's so doing it, the dishes. <laughs> I know, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they did the experiment. It's something specific, but the the end thing was. Um, Let's see, a classic set of studies for, oh, cognitive dissidence. So people who were engaged in a menial task for no good apparent reason. Uh, people oh, who were told, so it's pe goal told another student that they liked the task, and then people who were paid a dollar for doing the reported liking the task much more than the participants who were in some study. But the people who were paid $20 for their work, when people are poorly compensated for unpleasant work, they are more likely to convince themselves that they actually enjoyed the work, so reduce their own levels of co cognitive dissonance. Okay, so that's yeah, it's um, whether or not you like the it's job like, to begin with. Yeah, so it'd be <laughs> when you get paid for it, you're doing it for the money. When you're doing it for less money or no money, you're, you're tricking doing... yourself into believing you want to do this, or yeah. you're doing it for a favor to do some good or some positive thing. You're tricking yourself into makes sense i guess yeah that that one does make sense but when you read that just just that first part of the yeah. research then it's like you're like no i want the money helpful <laughs> but yeah so a lot of these a lot of these will probably have something like that where they 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 left out some information that made this important <laughs> Like the mosquitoes, like cheese thing. <laughs> yeah, that's like a... they're probably trying to make some kind of new raid for mosquitoes or something. <laughs> I mean, We're not sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. People like you and me are quite capable. This is not us as people. This is part of the study title. People like you and me are quite capable of obeying a stranger to the point of killing another human being. And in a, a series of psychological of obedience to authority, Stanley Milgram documented without question that under certain conditions, a large majority of normal adults are capable of killing someone else, especially if they're being directed to do so by someone credible, credible seeming authority figure. And the context is framed as for the good of science. Who died during this research project? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it's like a you push a button to simulate their death. 
<laughs> or something like the electricity thing. Colonel Sanders up. walks up to you and says, hey, I need you to kill this guy. And then the scientist comes up and like, do you feel the need to murder someone now? <laughs> it's for the good of science. <laughs> Sounds like the scientist just wanted people dead. And he's like, oh, that's an excuse to do it. Uh, I or, wrote a paper. Or, or like they're trying to convince people to, to murder someone. And then the police found out about the research topic. And they're like, oh, uh, this is just uh, science. science. Uh, we see, I have a lab coat. <laughs> see, yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, let's see the papers. Like, I'm writing it as we speak. Here we go. Here you go. <laughs> it does seem like that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> should, this should be obvious. <laughs> the unhidden dangers of sword swallowing. <laughs> really? <laughs> there are dangers to swallowing swords? Uh, the... But, well, usually... A, I, I don't know why this is here... Usually when you are doing a sword swallowing trick, useless information, I know, um, the swords are dull, so they can't really cut anything. You can still stab something, isn't that, so you got to be careful. Isn't that more dangerous if they're dull? I mean... No, uh, you're talking about rusty. Yeah, 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 you're right, rusty. Yeah. In that case, that you're poisoning yourself. Yeah. But, <laughs> but with a dull sword, you're not cutting your esophagus so much. You can probably stretch it and maybe tear... Um, but I think that's about the gist of what bad can happen. Technically, you could choke, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, the unhidden danger would be uh, if you push it too far. Well, that seems like an obvious thing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> How's that? Un well, that's why it's called unhidden. It's and unhidden not, It's like it's, it's obvious, mouth. but you don't usually think about it as being the top priority when you sword swallow. <laughs> Most people think of the cutting edge and stuff. I wonder if they have like a study showing how many people died practicing that. Because mm. that's something I would want to know. Not like, oh, if you put it too far, you die. Or you have a risk. You have a more danger to yourself. Like, we know. It seems obvious. <laughs> Anybody with common sense would know this. And clearly nobody here has common sense. <laughs> This one seems useful to the world. Emotional, this one actually does seem useful. I mean, sort of. Emotional intelligence often matters more than cognitive intelligence when it comes to success in life. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. So, would that be um, you knowing when to propose information to somebody? Versus knowing it? Versus, yeah. Like, I mean, do you... Like picking up social cues and knowing when to talk, how yeah. to talk, how fast. You provide information when you need on a need to know basis and not like, hey, you're pregnant. Keeping <laughs> 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 that a secret. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, I guess that that does make sense, but <laughs> it's a bigger predictor predictor of success in life. Yes, and that's but that's a large study. So it's, I mean, it's probably isn't, true. Isn't it obvious? You'd, I would I think mean, it would be obvious. I mean, no, I don't I, think I'm that intelligent people, compared to other people. So. No, when people tell people to go to school, it's like, you need to learn information so you can be successful. Like, learning is not what makes you successful. Being emotionally intelligent makes you successful. And that you can't learn in oh, school. So then is it talking about uh, your goal-oriented? Or... No, it's... Because it, it sounded like you were talking about... Uh, no, the but timing of when you produce information versus, but now you're telling me, uh, well, like it's not just timing. pushing yourself. <laughs> timing is part of it, but it's not just that. It's like being able to interact with people. Do you have a the, definition? In the best something? positive way. Oh, cool! I can look up the difference. Emotional intel intelligence refers to the ability to identify and manage one's own emotions as well as the emotions of the emotions of others. Ah, so it's empathy. Yeah, and that then talking about. Is it empathy or sympathy? <laughs> Both. I guess, yeah. And then, let's see, the other one is... Um, I guess I'm very intelligent then. <laughs> no. That's the opposite of what we learned. I have a study. <laughs> <laughs> so emotional intelligence is more important, which... 
it's not really something people teach when or people well, even try to teach. It would be important because we are a social species. No, and it, we and it, our jobs and stuff revolve around how we interact with people. So no, it definitely makes sense makes once sense. you know. But when you don't know, you're like, no. If I know how to make a sandwich, I'll be the best chef. Versus someone who knows how to sell a sandwich to make the most success. Uh, it seems like it, yeah, I guess that makes people sense. were like, oh <laughs> yes, but I know how to make the sandwich, and that's that's all I need, right? No, it's not all you need. You need to know how to sell it. It makes sense. <laughs> no, Ted. You can't make a squid and peanut butter sandwich and sell it and make millions of dollars when it has garbage on it. <laughs> but yeah, so if you ever want to be successful, just go grab some emotional intelligence. Find someone with a book just and just take grab. it from them. <laughs> you got any other weird ones? Uh, I'm figuring that out here. What is it? I don't know if this is a weird one, but it says personality uh, barely shapes what we do. The power of personality in predicting behavior has found that, on average, our personal traits tend to account only for about 9% of our behavior. That kind of makes sense to me, because our personality does a quick flick of the switch to decide uh, what our choice is in this instance. No, but it doesn't but then, decide what we do. No, but... Um, because you made that one decision, then it branches out and becomes bigger things later. So, I mean, technically, <laughs> this is what I, I, I don't know how to. I'm going through the list of studies, and this one just says, We are not as helpful as we think we are. <laughs> I'm like, Is that just. Are you talking to me, or is that a study? <laughs> is that a threat? <laughs> A major, a large majority of seminar students collect connected with the Ivy League University who are slated to give a lecture on the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible will step right over a person in need if they are running late to deliver a lecture. Think about that. We are not as helpful as we think we are. <laughs> oh, sounds about right. You never helpful. <laughs> There's a few that I'm seeing that are, like, kind of interesting, but I wouldn't really call them, like, really weird. Like, chickens prefer <laughs> chickens prefer beautiful people. <laughs> nice. That's, I mean, everybody's got a favorite. <laughs> Birds in general I like, wonder how they like did that study, more. because I remember there was a thing was, like, beauty is subjective and whatever, but, like... Not to chickens. <laughs> chickens are the all-knowing... <laughs> And I wonder, because you know how some people are like, ah, oh, look at the beauty of this um, sunset and stuff. And people are like, if you say it's not beautiful, you're wrong. People would say you're wrong. But beauty is subjective. Yeah, so, so how is really that... everything's beautiful, really. Yeah, <laughs> or so... ugly, depending. So how is... People are stupid. <laughs> That's why we need these stupid studies. Because we're all stupid people. Our memories make us who we are, but some of these memories can make life very difficult. So you're supposed to... You're supposed to forget about bad memories and keep the good ones. Which, Sounds like a bad idea. <clears throat> sort of. I mean, what you're probably going to say is, uh, like, then you lose Don't all you your... dare you speak lose, for me. <laughs> you lose all the, uh, the wisdom and the things that you learned uh, in the past, it's which not. happened during those bad memories. And if you get rid of all your bad memories, then you learn nothing. And No, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, what were you going to say? <laughs> Well, I want to know what more. Well, that that pretty is much that, sums it up. It's telling the, you, it's no, telling you, like, you need to forget about all your bad memories so that you can live a life of happiness with your good memories. And I'm like, I, 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 mean, I mean, isn't the whole point of like therapy to experience your bad times and the way, go through well, them? Yeah, the way and they understand word, why they're there. The way they word this, it sounds like you're supposed to just delete everything that's bad. <laughs> In your mind, and, and be an idiot. <laughs> but um, I think what they're trying to say in a bad way is uh, that you need to move past the emotional part, but keep the lessons uh, no, to be you, happy. You mean the technical part and keep the emotional part, the lesson? No, you get rid of the emotional part. Meaning, I felt terrible. I remember how terrible I felt at that time. It just brings you down. You become depressed if you think about that all the time. No, but, but if you, you remember can't. that but because that's, of that... that's what keeps you happy, though. Knowing the worst 
and like you realize you're not in that worst spot, that's what keeps you happy. You think that's what you keep. But dwelling on it. Like that that instead of making that moment of sadness your life in the past, you just take what you need from that experience and move on and make I wonder, yourself what better. What did they just I don't know, you probably don't know, but what did they describe as bad memories? And good ones. Because what if someone, like, you ever have those times where you're like, man, this is a really sad movie. I love it. <laughs> like, there's some tragic movies that people love. Romeo and Juliet and some other classics. I wonder why we torture ourselves as human beings doing that. <laughs> but, like, there are moments where I want to watch Iron Man die a bunch and love that movie. <laughs> we keep watching it because we love the movie. But Iron Man dies every time and we're still sad about it. And we still watch it over and over again. Spoilers. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Miller led a team of researchers to try and find out whether certain unwanted memories, especially drug-related ones, could be erased without damaging other memories. Uh -huh. Oh, I got this completely wrong. What? And it's actually more fun than I thought it was. So they're talking about erasing the memories... The bad memories in a rat. In a rat? Yes. <laughs> in a mouse, at least. Okay, so we just came up with our own study then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's kind of bespoke amnesia, and it's entirely possible. Uh, they did it with they did it with a mouse, and the result is that he forgot all the bad things. How did they know? So they took a... How did they comprehend the... Apparently, they're going off of aggression. So, like, if a, I think a scientist, like, tortures a rat or something, and then, like, it, it hates it, it hates the scientist, but then they go and do whatever it is they did <laughs> and erase the bad memories, and now the rat loves them again. Oh, that reminds me of another Which study. is messed up. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. And, not and who's funding this? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if people are just like, hey, I'm rich, let's just torture some rats, see what we learn. But there was one where it's it was really like... what it comes down to in science. <laughs> it probably wasn't a study or anything. It was... The argument that keeps going around is like, do does your pet love you? Or okay. could it love you? Could it have the concept of love and all of that? Or could it hate you? Because there's some, some pets... Because pets, like More dogs like... specifically, are always loving you and you can beat them up and they'll be like yeah i still love you come to the door you're here you've been gone for hours you come back they're in love with you but then there's dogs who like see their owners come back from years gone and they there's one who literally died when he saw the owner come back he excited <laughs> himself to death and like <laughs> that's funny they're that's crazy and amazing but horrible <laughs> We need to know. <laughs> well, that that reminds me of another another study, actually. Um, it turns out that, you know that, well, maybe not you, but most people, when they see their dog, whatever, they think they're cute, they love them a lot, and whatnot. They took a look at the, they took a look at the brainwaves of dogs when they see their humans, their owners, <laughs> and uh, it turns out that they think we're cute. They get the same emotional reaction that we do towards them. So dogs think of us as cute. So I wonder if dogs and adorable. find more attractive people like chickens or ducks do, like the other study was. I'm sure they, they find show other favoritism. <laughs> I know I've I've experienced favoritism from dogs <laughs> and other animals, <laughs> but yeah, I'm bees I think are... that has to do with the fact that I know how to scratch them. <laughs> I used to think mosquitoes loved me, but it was really just my bad feet and cheese. <laughs> The cheese in my pocket. <laughs> All that cheese I carry with me everywhere. <laughs> I wasn't good enough for them. Okay. <laughs> oh, you didn't read that one? I didn't. <laughs> the rectal route to curing hiccups. <laughs> in case scaring was too much for you, we have a rectal route to this. <laughs> There's always the back entrance. <laughs> Scaring your other brown eye. <laughs> or I guess your only brown eye. Uh, let's see. Apparently, according to this, there's a, a way to 
massage the butthole. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's into you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, is and this that halts, the person? And it halts the, it halts, uh, the hiccups. This is for people who have, like, non-stop hiccups, which I know a few people who are like that, which means... <laughs> <laughs> Don't go around touching their butt. <laughs> Sheesh. Some... What are they, like, and you have to hiccups, find all right, out. dig in, we're going to touch everywhere and see what helps. <laughs> yeah, and... Really, like, who discovered this? How did they get to this point? Yeah, and, like, were they okay with the, doing this? Or were they just like, he's got the hiccups and we're going to caress every part of his body until he can't do the hiccups anymore? Um, there's subjects like, can a pigeon tell a Picasso from a Monet? Which is a type of, well, they're artists. <laughs> so can a pigeon tell the difference? Um, why? <laughs> um, the effects of cocaine on bees. Ooh, that's interesting. They already have such a short lifespan. Why put them on cocaine? <laughs> Probably to see what they do differently. I know that they did tests on spiders. I wonder spiders. if it was just a cocaine addict. And they're like, let's put the bees on cocaine so when they sting you, it's okay. <laughs> it's kind of fine. <laughs> or maybe we feed the bees cocaine constantly. And then when they sting us, we get injected. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, he's just a cocaine addict. And he's like, oh, well, I need some reason to say I have this cocaine. <laughs> I'm studying bees. And how they affect cocaine. I don't know. But why? <laughs> well, okay. So uh, they did the study, uh, something similar like this, um, on spiders um, and their webs. You've probably seen the pictures or something. Yeah. Um, they put, they did, they injected like different types of drugs into certain spiders or into the same spider, I think, um, and tested it, what it looked like when it made its web. And the responses were different with each drug. So, like, heroin, it, like, did, the spider did, like, a half-made or very erratic uh, web line, um, etc. You, you get the idea. <laughs> and I'm sure that's what they were trying to do with the bees. <laughs> mm, it's crazy. You got anything else? Well, this would be a pretty... Odd one to skip over, but you know the Stanford Prison Experiments? The what? The Stanford Prison Experiments. No. Where they had um, prisoners, they give certain prisoners full power and control over the prison. And to see how far people would go into messing with other people. And what was the result? <laughs> that sounds interesting. It was the result that, well, I mean... It was a bit later debunked, but the study was to prove that any man could be a monster if given all power. Ah. And then movies ran off with it and <laughs> took it all over the place, which is why people, it got debunked, so it got so big in movies. It was debunked because they were showing, when they did the documentary on it, um, they were showing there were the people doing the experiments. They were guiding them and telling them exactly what to say and what to do. So it was really super staged and fake. Oh. Uh, yeah, I hate it. I, I more than these random research papers. I really hate it when scientists fudge their research. Yeah. Just do a cocaine on bees or something. Come yeah, on, like just, get with the real science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. Maybe Katie I glanced Genevieve over is uh, a lady who got stabbed. Out, I think it was stabbed. Well, she was murdered outside of a very public apartment building area. Like, imagine three apartments. There's a place in the center of them. Not like a cul-de-sac, but it was... Okay, just I, a, get, yeah, I get She was stabbed in the middle, and there's people apparently walking by, no one doing anything, no one helping her, because 
well, the whole reason was people thought someone else would do something, so they didn't do anything. And they died. And she ended up dying with no one helping her. And the, the research, they found out that people would, if there's, the best scenario for any tragedy happening would be if there's one person. Because then they see it, and they have to do something because, or they're responsible. But if there's multiple people, it's less likely that people are going to be, are going to do anything. That makes sense. It's messed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you see somebody stabbed, help them. <laughs> Doesn't matter if there's a bunch of people. You find, you ask them, are you stabbed? <laughs> and then you call no, the police. They watched it happen, which means, like... That's even worse. Like, they all study, watched They had it. some people yelling at the attacker, and they're like, that's... You're not doing it like, oh, stop stabbing her. Nope, you're still doing it. Oh, man. Like, I guess. Oh, what, what she can did. <laughs> what can I do? That's messed up. Yeah, well, she's dead now, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. You know, I have to wonder if a lot of these uh, research subjects were, were done by, like, college students with nothing better to do. <laughs> of course, then the rectal one kind of... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of the people who do the studies get paid for this to be in the study I mean probably not a lot <laughs> I'd do it for free <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd want to know if a chicken thinks I'm beautiful <laughs> <laughs> how, how would they know would they test their excitement or something that's crazy yeah. <laughs> most of your Facebook friends are not really your friends no kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you, you add your family and your closest friends, but not everybody. And then, like, after a while, stuff just starts popping up from your friends' friends. And you just like their stuff. And then you become friends with them. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Playing Tetris for just three minutes stops your craving for sex, alcohol, and food. They're calling it the Tetris Effect. <laughs> well, I mean, clever name. Technically. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> I feel like that should be used for something more important. <laughs> that seems weird, because I... What? <laughs> <laughs> I do all three at the same time while playing Tetris. <laughs> you can only do it while playing Tetris. <laughs> No, but, like, I've played Tetris a million times. I don't think I've ever stopped being hungry. Oh, that might be what they're talking about. Because gamers tend to get into the game a lot. Oh, you know, you're... I mean, not Tetris, but I've definitely played games beyond yeah. a time where Call I should Call of Duty, be Halo, and stuff. And, yeah. like, you're hungry when you start. And then you pass by, like, eight hours later, and you're like, Oh, I, I should have ate. Yeah. <laughs> I've also done that where so, I've skipped the sense. craving for like going to the restroom. Like you need to pee, yeah. and you're playing and a game. You're so into it, and, and then you're you like, forget. and you didn't wet your pants, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I wet my pants one time, <laughs> twice. Fine, come pull it out of me. I, I think it. I think it makes sense though. Six because times in video, then. In video games, uh, most of them, at least the ones we play, um, they get intense. There's you get you uh, start being competitive with other people and i think it initiates the fight the fight or f a flight response also there which you can't be hungry or turned on or want alcohol maybe you'll want alcohol i don't know <laughs> when you're in the fight or flight <laughs> it seems like the reason would be you're so invested in because it's something always happens it's it'd so be like quick the, it'd be like the level just below fight or flight no like you have to be Conscious enough to react quickly, which is, I guess, Tetris and a lot of shooter games. You have to be present in the moment or you will die. Or mm -hmm. you will lose the game. Or you will not get a Tetris. <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> it's called getting a Tetris when you get four in a row. Four rows in a row in one, <clears throat> one piece. It's hmm. called getting a Tetris. I did not know that. But maybe that's where they're coming from. <laughs> No. <laughs> Dark websites are most commonly used for crime. No. <laughs> I wonder if they mean like the screen in the background is black or something. Well, now they have... I wonder when that study was done because now on like 
Apple devices, you can in your brightness settings, you can make you can turn on dark mode, which makes everything white <laughs> in the background black and yeah. all your words white. So you can it's easier on your eyes in the dark. And now, which means every site could be that. So it's definitely not a recent study. Mm, no, but I don't think that's what they're talking about. Uh, There's a simple trick to determine liberals con from conservatives. What is the simple um, trick? Are you liberal? <laughs> are you conservative? <laughs> yeah, asking them. It's called a question. Oh, they, they, they go and ask, are you optimistic or idealistic? Oh, what if you're both? You're an idealistic optimist. Then you're a threat. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't deserve to live. <sighs> a healthy diet will help you live longer. No. <laughs> Dang, I thought it was the opposite. <laughs> Didn't help my friend. He got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was eating a cheeseburger. It wasn't healthy. <laughs> if he was eating a salad, he wouldn't have got hit by a car. Yeah, it, it probably didn't help that he was drunk and driving on the wrong side of the street. <laughs> Weren't you driving that car? <laughs> <laughs> you hit him, remember? <laughs> I too was just... <laughs> but I was eating a carrot. <laughs> oh, so you, of course, you live longer. Or is it just live longer than the other guy? <laughs> Exercise makes our muscles work better with age. Makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's how muscles work. That's how you keep muscles. Yeah. If you don't work out, you don't keep muscles. Yeah, also, if you don't use it off, if you don't use your muscles often, then they degrade, and then you, when you're old and everything is already degrading on its own, <laughs> yeah. it degrades faster. <laughs> what are we looking at? We are looking at a screen. Nice. 50 minutes. That's good, because we got an ad to go on top. All right. Well, one last thing before we end. Uh, this is the... We lied about being scientists. <laughs> in case you're wondering. But, no, we did, but we did look at these studies and read them verbatim, sort of. Gave our commentary uh, on them. Paraphrased. <laughs> yeah, paraphrased is probably the best. To shorten it, because these things are lengthy. Yeah. But... Um, what I was gonna say at the beginning of the video is that uh, though these scientists, those though these the yeah podcast, <laughs> though these things uh, seem out of place, and we're like, why is it that we're funding these projects, and who put money into this, and well, shouldn't they be do uh, fixing like cancer and stuff? The reason that these things are still allowed, and well, for one, who could stop you? <laughs> But, uh, but um, Einstein actually uh, penned a, uh, an essay called The Usefulness of Useless Information. He argued that in an age when science was invoked to solve problems of global significance, fundamental scientific research was also vital, and even if its purpose was less defined. Unless it has made a better world, a fairer world... Millions will continue to go to their graves silent, saddened, and embittered. Um, <clears throat> well, we cherish the hope that the unobstructed pursuit of useless knowledge will prove to have consequences in the future as in the past. So what all that means is that, um, for example, uh, what would be a good example? The more Do we you know, the better. <laughs> Well, yes, um, you don't know what information will be useful in the future. So, like, uh, Einstein, he created... Yeah, so he... when the chickens take over, we know who they like more because you're better looking. Well, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity was designed for something else when he figured it out and, and proposed it to the scientific community. But because he had that idea, we have the atomic clock. We have GPSs. We have... There's, like, so many things that came from something that was not really that important at the time. I mean, it was a scientific discovery and stuff, and you think that the moment something becomes a scientific discovery that its uses start being taken advantage of immediately. It's not the case. It, most stuff gets figured out, or find you find out that it's useful later on. Um, so, 
the study on spiders and the effects that drugs have on them. It's not that they care, really, that a spider is making a different web, is figuring out how drugs affect the mind and stuff. And they do that with rats, too. But they start with animals that are farther away from the human genome and work their way closer. I don't know what was happening with my voice there. <laughs> so what you're um, saying is these dumb studies and crazy studies can be useful in the future. Yes. What a roundabout way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were these guys that tried to make... They, uh, the military wants soldiers that can walk up walls. It'd be very useful for tactical situations. What they didn't, reala- what they didn't know is that... And they could use the, hook, the, the grappling hooks and rappel lines and helicopters for that matter. <laughs> or just like spikes that you can use to climb walls. You leave, you leave holes and there's a good chance that they will get popped out while you're climbing. And you die. You fall to your death. What they didn't realize is that some college students uh, figured out that geckos, um, based off of previous research, they found out that geckos, when they plant their feet feet down on a solid surface, um, at first it's very firm, and then they relax their feet, and it becomes like a suction cup. And... um, they employed, they incorporated that into a device that allowed that, uh, well, a new invention that allowed somebody to be able to climb a skyscraper. And that came from the unnecessary research on gecko feet <laughs> from a long time ago. So these things all have their uses, and you never know what is actually going to be useful and what's going to be just useless. <laughs> Um, but that's why they think that useless information is important as researchers. So all these things that we've talked about have been ridiculous, but they, they will have their uses eventually. Hopefully. (laughs) Probably, maybe, we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully they come up with the repellent for mosquitoes. (laughs) Sometimes. just wash your feet, don't eat cheese. And I don't know what use also, we'll get out of ducks being homosexual necrophiliacs, but you never know. <laughs> maybe we'll figure something maybe out. Maybe we know what to keep them in check with. <laughs> if there's ever an uprising, <laughs> just throw bodies on the floor <laughs> with lipstick. <laughs> attractive bodies. Yes, attractive bodies, because apparently they have a preference. <laughs> this is all linking together. <laughs> Let's just try and make all the studies work in one way. <laughs> well, the ducks were drugged and... <laughs> anyway, this has been Talking Burritos. We love you. I've been Sam. And I've been... An idiot. Breathing. <laughs> and thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>